Oftentimes, we don't know what to say to people. We have no idea because the truth is, words aren't gonna make this feel better. There is a huge sense of fear and anxiety and agitation and anger and grief and all of this stuff coming up and mere words aren't gonna make that go away. And so witnessing and holding space for somebody to have all of their expression of emotions is so incredibly helpful. Welcome to the Living Centered Podcast, where we enter into honest conversations about pursuing a more centered life, rediscovering, reclaiming, and rooting in to who we truly are. I'm your host, Miles Edcox. I'm your host, Lindsay Nobles. I'm your host, Mackenzie Vogt. I'm your host, Nicole Ingram. And I'm your host, Hannah Warren. Hey friends, Nicole here. Welcome to this special bonus episode of the Living Centered Podcast. As most of you know, OnSite is based about an hour outside of Nashville, Tennessee, and a good portion of our team lives in Nashville and is rooted in the Nashville community. It rings true for all of us that we've been significantly impacted by the events that took place last week at Covenant School. Many of us have loved ones or friends who were directly impacted by this tragedy, and we know many of you are part of our community here in Nashville as well. We want you to know that we are grieving with you. OnSite's mission is an emotionally well world, humanity reconnected, and we long to see humans come together now more than ever. We also want to make emotional health and wellness accessible to all. And so in this moment, felt compelled to support you and everyone in our wider community with some helpful tools and resources during this time. We want to help you care for yourself. We want to help you care for your kids and your friends and your neighbors. And so we wanted to sit down and have a conversation about how we might begin to move forward in these coming days. We invited Heather Schnoblin, head of the clinical services team here at OnSite, to gently guide us through the heaviness that we are all experiencing. I'm so grateful for Heather's clinical expertise and her calming presence, and we sincerely hope that you and your loved ones will find some comfort and feel supported here. So without further ado, let's tune into this conversation with Heather Schnoblin. Our team at OnSite felt it would be remiss to not have a conversation about the collective grief and trauma that our community in Nashville is experiencing. And so many of us, if we don't have, you know, a friend who's been directly impacted, we have a friend of a friend or our hearts and minds and bodies have been impacted. And so we just wanted to have a really practical conversation from a clinical perspective about how to tend to some of the grief and traumas stored in our bodies, how we might be able to support our neighbors and our friends and friends of friends. And so, yeah, we welcome Heather into this conversation to kind of gently guide us into these next days and weeks, just as we move forward as a community. How might we do that well? How might we tend to one another with gentleness and compassion? So... Heather, thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Nicole. And I just love what you said about in the coming weeks and months, how do we tend to ourselves and others with gentleness and compassion? And I think when I think about trauma and I think about large-scale collective trauma, you know, those are some of the things that that are first and foremost on my mind is is proceeding with compassion and gentleness um, because it's really unprecedented having to walk through this world in the midst of collective trauma and the traumas that happen in our communities and in our lives, it's really hard work. It's really arduous work. Uh, It's painful. Uh, It's challenging. 
And the way that we know, and, and it's already starting here in Nashville, um, the way that we know how to deal with it is we reach out for a connection. Yeah. And you see that happening and you saw it happening the day of uh, on Monday. People, communities were drawing closer together. They were connecting. They were protecting their loved ones. They were mm. um, sharing their grief, sharing their tears, sharing their frustrations. Um, and all of those responses are really important in processing trauma in our systems and in our body. And so in horrific, traumatic experiences uh, like our community experienced on Monday, there's this sense of um, first coming together, you know, and we've mm-hmm. seen that. And then as the, the weeks and the months pass is that sometimes for folks, what that trauma can look like is, is starting to go inward and protection mm-hmm. and isolation. And that's when it's really important to remind yourself to connect with people, to connect with your support system, those people within your life that you trust and that you can actually talk to about your feelings and what's coming up for you. Because that isolation can push into some hopelessness or despair, which can be, uh, can be responses to trauma for people. And so we really want to make sure, first and foremost, staying connected to a healthy support system um, and reaching out. And again, not just, talking, not just talking about what happened, but talking about what's happening internally for you. Because that's the process of grief, is that how do we make sense of what is happening internally in here. That's how we process trauma. And so being able to take care of ourselves, body, mind, and spirit in the coming days and weeks Mm -hmm. and months uh, is really important. Heather, that's so beautiful and and so practical and something we can all do. And I'm reminded of, you know, there there might be people and moments where different people, I, I say moments because sometimes we can do something in one moment and perhaps in the next um, that same action, that, that same reaching out might be really difficult for someone. Um, I, I know just in my own personal grief journey, there's a good day and then there's another day. And the next day is, you know, I, I'm having a hard time asking for help or having a hard time reaching out. And I'm reminded of kind of this notion of being able to sit with people in grief and pain and suffering and maybe you know, you're describing so beautifully being able to share our feelings. And and I know that all emotions and feelings are welcome and that, you know, the spectrum will will kind of run a spectrum right throughout a day, throughout weeks and months. But um, I would love to hear, like, what might that look like when someone feels like they don't know what to do or say and all they can do is be present to someone? Can you talk a little bit about, <laughs> like, is that part of the process? Yeah, I love that question, Nicole. So there, there were studies done, lots of studies about the power of witnessing, mm-hmm. of just simply holding space and witnessing grief and just witnessing the tragedy for somebody. Witnessing and being there and holding space is proven to be more healing than any advice that you can give them or direction uh, that you can give them. The power of witnessing is really, really powerful. And so Oftentimes, we don't know what to say to people. We have no idea because the truth is words aren't going to make this feel better. There is a huge sense of fear and anxiety and agitation and anger and grief and all of this stuff coming up. And and mere words aren't going to make that go away. Mm -hmm. And so witnessing and holding space for somebody to have all of their expression of emotions is so incredibly helpful. Yeah. Thank you for that. That's so powerful. 
when I think about community and I think about holding space and I think about this moment where maybe someone has absolutely nothing to say and that's quite okay. And as you articulated so beautifully, that's welcome and that's really beneficial um, and can be really healing. But thinking about the power of touch, like, is there something to be said for, um, I don't know, (laughs) hugging, reaching out and actually touching someone, maybe like even touching your own body hand on heart. Like I'd love to hear just some some more practical tools. Cause I know sometimes when I feel like I have nothing to say, what I, what I can lend is like my physical presence. And that might look like, you know, mm-hmm. putting a hand on someone and obviously in a respectful and appropriate way. And maybe people aren't ready to be touched um, in certain moments, but I'd love to hear just kind of your clinical take on the potential healing power mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. Our, um, our nervous systems want connection. They want to be healed in connection with other people and so not only is it just the witnessing and the hearing, um, that a- actually also extends itself to some physical touch. Again, as you said, um, with permission and, and appropriate and just connecting in. And that may look like a hug. It may be reaching out and um, touching someone's hand. Um, it may be sitting shoulder to shoulder and neck next to somebody and just holding that space and letting them know you're here with them, putting your hand on their shoulder uh, a hand on a back, but physical and physical touch is important. It's, it's that way of connecting and drawing, drawing us closer in and helping calm our nervous systems and co-regulate. You know, part of, part of what happens in our lives and in events and with trauma and with grief, with anxiety, with all the emotions that come up is this co-regulation. Mm-hmm. And it's really important for us to learn to regulate ourselves, but also co-regulate with other people, especially in this, in a collective trauma like this, Mm. is that, that we are standing, um, you know, shoulder to shoulder and in circles and, and having memorials for folks. And how do we uh, learn to connect and and do that with each other as Mm. well? I love just, just those words, co-regulating together, just thinking about the nature of, of community and collaboration. And like, this is work. You described it so beautifully earlier. Like this is arduous. Healing is arduous work and moving forward together, like figuring out how to move forward in the world in meaningful and heal in healing ways is work. And so I love just thinking about that's, that's like a project that we're embarking on together and, and no one is really alone. And I know that it doesn't always feel that way. I'm also thinking, Heather, about just this collective feeling of it's not safe to be out in the world. Mm. And so I'm wondering, we all have these different responses, right, to grief and trauma. And a lot of it is physiological. I know, you know, I I have friends who've been directly impacted by this and friends of friends. And and I'm more I'm carrying grief and burden on their behalf, but that feels like something physiologically. It feels like something as a mother, it feels like something as a friend, as a neighbor. And so I would love um, if we can maybe walk our listeners through the practice or a tool that you would recommend kind of like, how can we tend to this in these like small little ways as we show up for, you know, a 20 minute, 30 minute podcast? Mm. Yeah, I love that. And I love the idea of how do we do this practically? You know, and, and just to say that you're right. Nicole, that this right now, there's a lot of, there's a lot of fear and unrest and not feeling safe, um, not feeling safe in maybe our community or um, schools or um, even in our own bodies, you know, physically, I, I don't feel safe. And so how to bring some safety back into your system. 
And so certainly I think, you know, there are so many different ways that work for people around bringing their felt sense of safety a little bit higher. And, you know, there are things like journaling or exercise, connecting in, again, with the people in the community that you do trust, um, making sure you take good care of yourself and your eating habits, um, Mm. consuming less media right now, because the more that we look at the images continuing to replay on media, it can also traumatize our systems even more. Um, And so just being mindful of that, that piece of it. Yeah. Uh, So those are all, you know, little things that you can tend to in your lives. And then there are certainly specific things uh, in terms of being present in your own body and your own system uh, and helping your system feel safe and calm and relaxed. Yeah. So I'm going to suggest that everyone listening just take a couple of minutes and we're just going to land in our bodies and, and connect in with what's going on for us in this moment. So if everybody could just their feet on the floor or sit comfortably, whatever feels right for you and supportive for your body and your system. If you happen to be driving when you're listening to this, uh, you may want to pull over the car. So just get comfortable and connected. And allow yourself to take two deep breaths all the way down into your belly. Filling your entire diaphragm with air. And at this point, if it feels safe to you, go ahead and let your eyes close and connect in. If it doesn't feel safe, just soften your gaze to a few feet out in front of you. And then take two more deep breaths down into your belly. want you to go ahead and just start paying attention to your physical body and your being. I want you to just start at the top of your head and just slowly pay attention to your body. Moving down into your shoulders, into your arms. into your chest, continuing to pay attention and move down your body, into your torso, and down into your legs, just noticing what you notice without any judgment, just noticing, and then down to your calves and into your feet. I want you to just take a minute and looking at your body as a whole, I want you to see where your attention is drawn. What part of your body and your system is grabbing your attention right now? Is it your shoulders, your knee, maybe your heart space? 
What part of your body is grabbing your attention? And I want you to go ahead and place one of your hands on that particular part of your body. And I want you to take a couple of breaths into that part of your body, just sending all of your attention and focus into that part, breathing deeply, just paying attention. And in your mind, ask yourself, what do I need right now? What does this part of me need? Take another breath and just send whatever that part of you needs, send that to, to yourself. Does it need compassion? Does it need relaxation? Does it need some sort of movement? Just go ahead and give yourself what it is that that part of your body needs in this moment. And then go ahead and take a couple of deep breaths again into your belly. And place your other hand on your heart. And as you place that hand, other hand on your heart, I want you to take a breath and say this to yourself. May I live with compassion and ease in this moment. May I live with compassion and ease in this moment. When you're ready, go ahead and open your eyes and take another deep breath and just notice Notice what's happening for you. Notice if anything has shifted. Thank you, Heather. Thank you for leading us in that. It was so beautiful. And I think definitely a tool we can keep with us for these coming days and weeks. I already feel just a little bit lighter in my heart space. And I hope all of you who are listening do as well. This conversation about compassion is kind of pushing me into wanting to ask you, Heather, about an emotion or a feeling that maybe feels foreign in this in this season, in this time, and thinking about joy. Mm. And that's obviously not the sort of default thing to think of, right, in, in moments of, of tragedy and trauma and grief. But I'm thinking about joy as an act of resistance and maybe that being something we need to lean into in the ways that that we can. And so I'd love to just ask you kind of, again, from a clinical perspective with your expertise, how might we be thinking about and engaging with joy and laughter mm-hmm. and, you know, just any sort of sense of levity in this moment? Yeah. 
Oh, that's a, a great question and a big question. And one, you know, I think that is, that's so important is that in the midst of trauma and tragedy, our systems get really um, amped up and dysregulated and we orient toward all of that fear and that depression and that worry and that hypervigilance and something that is so important for our systems and helping build connection and safety and security is how do we also bring in joy? Um, How do we bring in play? How do we connect to those parts of our lives? And it seems really hard and impossible to do in some moments. And so it can be little things of, of, again, remembering that, wow, it's springtime and there are these beautiful flowers and trees everywhere. And so taking a moment just to stop and notice a flower or notice a new tree that's blooming, um, maybe smell spring in the air, or looking at someone uh, that you love that you are feeling connected to and that you feel safe. And, um, and just being able to offer a smile and a connection in that way and doing the things that you do know bring you joy in your life, even if it feels really hard and difficult in these moments, is remembering those little things that bring you joy, whether it's exercising, walking outside, petting a dog, going and visiting a, a small child, um, going to the movies, going to dinner with friends. How do you still connect to those things that bring you joy? Because it is really important in moving through the trauma and the tragedy of this is still to connect to the things that bring you joy in your life. That's amazing. Thank you for that. I know that against my sort of like, not better judgment, but against what feels native to me in moments of, of hardship, I, I try to like go to a comedy show <laughs> mm. or turn on a comedy show um, because it, you know, the, that sort of allocated time, like you will come here and, and maybe you won't laugh at everything, but you will laugh. Um, that's been sort of an intention of mine is just to exercise that because it really can can kind of like disengage some of those like stickier parts of me in my body and my physical body. And so I love the reminder of spring and that new life is being engendered everywhere and that is that's like hope that we can cling to in these moments Mm -hmm. trying to think of any last questions to ask the expert while she's here with us I'm so grateful for Heather your presence and just your wisdom here today and I think you kind of touched on how we might be able to be gentle with ourselves but I'm thinking about how we might be gentle with our kids how Mm -hmm. you know it's obviously a, a huge question and maybe too big of a question especially in this short time that we have together but how do we talk to our kids that's that's a tall order. But if you have any thoughts about, you know, how to engage sort of the most vulnerable in our communities and, and during this time, and I know that all of us, you know, all, all of our children are in different age brackets and, you know, need certain levels, different levels of attunement and conversation. But um, just in general, if you have any thoughts about how we might be taking care of our kids in this moment. Mm-hmm. Gosh, yeah, that's, that's a big question um, and such an important question as well. Um, you know, and I think it's that piece of first being able to to have a conversation with your kids, an age-appropriate conversation, uh, and not just about what happened, but about what's happening for them. Mm. Again, about those feelings, about what's coming up for them, about any fears they may have, what whatever it is, is being able to sit down and hold space for that and connect in with them. And again, letting them know that there is safety in the relationship with you. Yeah. Uh, and it's so hard right now, right? Is that there's 
with the things that are happening in the world is everybody feels unsafe in the world, not everyone. A number of people feel unsafe in the world. And so how do you help um, your children feel safe in their relationship with you and being able to hold space um, and listen to what is coming up for them and, and allowing that space and not being afraid to have those conversations with them and to hear that maybe they're sad or they're worried or they're afraid or they're, they're angry. All of those things and being able just to be present with them and listen to that as they're moving through this is the first place to start. Mm-hmm. Another thing that I think is important in moments like this is to remember in order to heal as a collective and as a society, we also need to heal as individuals. And so, mm-hmm. so important in this time is to make sure that you personally and individually are doing, doing your own work, engaging in that in whatever way that you can. Because again, to heal as a collective and as a society, we have to first mm-hmm. heal as individuals. Yes, that's so important. I also want to let everybody know that any parent who has the, you know, sort of impossible task of talking to their kids about what's happened in our community, what's happening in the world, a Kids Co. has a book. It's called A Kid's Book About School Shootings. And the Onsite Foundation would love to um, give you a copy if that would be a resource to you. And also, we are giving away our um, digital course on grief away for free to members of our community and members who've been people who've been impacted by this sort of grief and trauma that we're we've been discussing. And if either of those would be helpful tools for you in these coming weeks and and months as we have been, you know, unpacking, um, we would love to gift that to you. And so, if you go to onsiteworkshops.com/nashville, you can get access to our our grief course and or get a copy of that book. And so, yeah, just Heather, thank you for breaking that down. You know, that feels so insurmountable to talk about something so heavy and so big. Um, But I love the way you are describing treating our children like people, like all the practices you kind of described that we need to do for ourselves and for one another in our community. It's like, we need to be doing those same things for our children. And I I just, I see that connection. I love, I love the way you drew that. So thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Appreciate being able to share a little bit with you today as well. So grateful for you, Heather. And if we can be of any support to you and your community, we are here. Go to onsiteworkshops.com and we would just love to support you during this time. So thank you, friends, for being here and we will see you next week. Thank you for listening today and for committing valuable time to share space with these powerful stories. Make sure you hit subscribe to get all of our inspiring conversations with these incredible people delivered directly to you. And if you found this conversation particularly impactful, consider supporting the show by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. 